Now more than ever, transportation business owners need industry experts at every stage in their company's life cycle. We bring them to you in the hot seat. Welcome to In the Hot Seat with the Tenney Group. I'm Spencer Tenney, and I'm so excited about our guest today, Dan Rosio from Cat Sapper and Miller. Dan, welcome to the hot seat. Thank you, Spencer. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm glad that you're here. But before we heat things up, let's take 30 seconds and just tell our audience a little bit about your company and what you're doing there at KSM right now. Okay. Yeah, I'm. Uh, with Catsapper Miller, I'm a partner in charge of the uh, Business Valuation Services Group. Um, Catsapper is a large CPA, regional CPA consulting firm, primarily located in Indianapolis, Indiana, with about 300 uh, professionals. And then I specifically run the Business Valuation Services Group within Catsapper Miller. All right. Thank you for that, sir. Uh, let's jump right in. So, Valuation. What are some of the most common misconceptions when it comes to valuing a trucking or transportation company? Um, I think a lot of people think of trucking companies as very heavy equipment uh, companies, which they are. So I think in the world of uh, uh, the people in the industry, I think one of the misconceptions that comes up a lot is that, you know, my company is only worth you know, whatever my trucks are worth and then maybe a little bit more from my drivers or some of my customers and that's about it. Um, so there's a lot more to do in business valuations than that, but that's what I hear quite a bit in the industry as far as when people are talking about what they think the value of their company is. Well, in addition to that, I think people misunderstand the reasons for why they might need evaluation. So let's talk about that. What, what, what are some of the the reasons that a, a, a transportation company would go to your firm and, and seek out evaluation? Sure. Um, so there's, there are many reasons, but it all starts with, um, you know, business owners, a lot of the time thinking about what they're doing with their company and how they're going to exit their business at some point in the future. So if you want to roll that all into what I might call exit planning, you know, business owners are thinking about, um, whether they might sell or maybe they want to transfer their ownership uh, through the company to their family members, or they might consider, an, you know, other routes of exiting the business or letting other key people buy into the business. Um, some way to get them and their equity out of the business, you know, as they advance towards retirement. That's what I would call one reason in the world of doing business valuations for trucking companies. Unfortunately, there are other reasons that you run into issues with truck companies that can be litigious related or, um, you know, unfortunately, drivers have accidents and sometimes they're involved in litigation. Um, so that's separate from traditional valuation, I think. But those are the two main reasons. I mean, transferring wealth, selling the business, exiting the business is sort of the main driver of what we are involved with mostly in valuing trucking companies. Yeah. I know another one, when people come to us, um, um, partner disputes, things of that nature, sure. partner buyouts, um, right. that's another one that we've commonly flipped to your direction uh, to help folks within our network. So I'm curious, what's what are some of the most complex 
valuation projects that come your way? Well, there are a lot of ones where there's multiple entities set up. So uh, a common structure that you're familiar with in the trucking industry is where we have uh, maybe a logistics company is one entity and maybe the trucks and the trailers in one entity and, and maybe the traditional trucking operations in a separate entity. So sometimes those can get fairly complex depending on how many different entities we're dealing with. Um, sometimes we value those all together. Sometimes we have to split them out. Sometimes there's a lot of uh, intercompany things back and forth between the three companies. There's real estate involved occasionally that could be in a separate entity. So there are complex ones that we end up with, you know, three, four, five entities. It's really not just one valuation. It's it's multiple different analyses all together in sort of one valuation. From the business owner's perspective, it's one valuation. From our perspective, it could be many valuations. I understand that, sir, very much. <laughs> so, uh, <clears throat> and it gets even more confusing when you're trying to sell the company. So you're trying to figure out what assets you're selling and which entities you're dealing with. And some could be structured as C-Corps and some could be structured as S-Corps or LLCs. And so there's outside of the valuation arena, there's obviously different tax implications for the sellers in certain situations. So one of my passions, I, I love working with family-owned companies and was just speaking with one today about the process of succession planning. And we're always talking about, well, we, we have to establish a baseline somewhere. Yeah. And uh, with that valuation, um, and as part of it, that, that is what allows people to begin building value to start uh, addressing the gaps between where they are and where they want to be. If there right. needs to be specialized expertise, that's where we can tag people in like yourself. And then, um, but ultimately folks resist getting an uh, evaluation. So, so what are the common reasons why business owners resist something that's pretty basic uh, as far as getting them on a path to building business value? Well, it does start with the baseline. And so if you are brought in, which is what it sounds like to help them kind of uh, hone in on maybe value drivers. Um, I don't know what the resistance is so much, except that maybe companies think they know already or have a good handle on it already and maybe don't perceive the, the independent view as being as much value as it really is um, from an outside expert appraiser looking at their financials. And what business owners need to understand is that the, all the diligence they have to go through in dealing with a business valuation that we, what we bring to the table to do the product and do the work, they're going to have to go through that same process with the potential buyer. So, you know, they sort of need to get used to that, uh, getting through that diligence process anyway. And so going through the valuation exercise, you know, might be helpful for them as they prepare to go through a real transaction in the future after they've after they've you know created whatever addition of value they think they can create before they you know i guess the other problem i think i see with business owners is that they never want to think about the end of the the end of the day when they're not the business owner so i right. think there's a little i think there's some fear that if i start down this process then that means i'm really maybe not going to own my business one day and i think that scares a lot of business owners frankly no i really like what you said about the familiarization of what's required to actually get a deal done. And the more practiced business owners are at that, the, the, 
you know, the, the greater the experience is when a group like ours helps take them through a sale. Right. Um, now, in addition to the practice, there's also pure education. And so one of the things you and I have talked about offline you know, mm-hmm. are these misunderstandings about EBITDA versus adjusted EBITDA, multiples and things of that nature that when applied incorrectly can, can be pretty uh, damaging uh, to business owners. So, so talk yeah. about that a little bit and, and, and how you so, help folks in that area. Yeah. So there's, you know, in the world of just businesses in general, not just trucking, you know, there are there are certainly uh, what I like to call, you know, cocktail party terms thrown around the world. Yes. Um, and, bus- <laughs> and business owners hear numbers and they talk to their buddies and they think that one company sold for some X, X multiple of EBITDA. And when they go through a valuation exercise, what I think they do get out of it is education and a better understanding of what those multiples really mean and the context of those multiples. So when you talk to people, especially when I do engagements on the, when they're thinking about selling and we start talking about ad backs and, you know, different adjustments to their income statement to which changes their EBITDA and you can fill in the blanks a little bit more, but you know, when you see those transactions in the world post transaction, the data that gets reported and what that company sold for in terms of an EBITDA multiple is potentially a much different number than what the buyer perceives they bought that company for. So if there were several ad backs, you know, that company may have sold for what appears to be 10, 12, 14 times EBITDA. And what the buyer bought was something that they think they really only paid five times EBITDA for. But the publicized number, what I will tell you, the number that's into the public is the one that appears they sold for 14 times. And there's a lot of things that can drive that number and make it very skewed, such as excess officer compensation or other adjustments, rent expense, things that, things that a buyer may not be taking on and that, but, but what that buyer, what that seller thinks they sold for is that high multiple and those numbers get passed around between their friends and their networks. And they hear numbers that may not be as realistic so taking them through a valuation exercise, you can explain all those differences in the perceptions. And so they better understand when they hear things on the street, what, and the other, and I'll continue. Some deals are asset deals. A lot of deals are asset deals and some are stock deals. Very few are stock deals. And so subtracting debt from one transaction and not subtracting it from another makes the number very different as well. And when you hear people talk about what they sold their business for, you don't really know if they're talking about before they paid their debt off or after they paid their debt off. And in the trucking, the heavy equipment industry, those are some big numbers in most transactions. <laughs> well, and, and I think that's a great point um, as far as making sure you mentioned context. What a mm. great word that is as far as um, no matter what's going on, no matter what you read, no matter how credible the source is. Right. Uh, you can only apply that if you understand the context in which it's being used. And so I really yeah. appreciate you sharing that word with our, our audience here. So um, last question, a little bit of a wild card here for you, sir. Um, mm-hmm. You're based in Indianapolis, a lot of sports teams. We got the Pacers. <laughs> we got the Colts. Who else <laughs> we got out there? I don't even know. Well, we got two. We got we have a major league you know, NFL football, we've mm-hmm. got 
uh, NBA basketball with the Pacers. And we've got uh, second three AAA baseball with the Indianapolis Indians. And then we have, uh, if you want to go into soccer, we've got basically second tier, second level pro, pro soccer through what's called Indy 11. So that's a that's a notch below the MLS division, basically. So, so, so my question is this: uh, You need to wine and dine your number one client. What's <laughs> what's what sporting event there uh, in, in Indianapolis are you going to take them to for the for the best experience? I think you have to take people to a Colts game, in my opinion. So those are the funnest events, I think. Pacers are good, but I like. I think people enjoy the Colts games uh, better even than the Pacer games. The suites are really nice, and especially when we play, you know, your Tennessee Titans twice a year, it's always a fun game to go to. <laughs> I bet it is. I hope you get a Daryl Henry, uh, um, Derek Henry stiff arm uh, when, when he well, comes. You know. to- He's a, he's a tough guy to tackle. I can tell you that. That's for yeah, sure. That he is. Well, listen, um, this has been a, a great time. I appreciate you sharing your knowledge with our audience, getting a little bit of an insight, focus on context, focus on getting the right information mm-hmm. uh, on the path to doing good things in the trucking industry. So we're going to leave it right there. Thank you for being in the hot seat, sir. We'll see you next time.